Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Elle McMahon, and today we'll get the story of how Lisa Schmitz started Where Pigs Fly and Such and the Mars Hill Arts Center. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way. We'll talk about her other brands as well and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana-owned, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Find local at indianaowned.com. Lisa, welcome to the All Indiana Podcast Network studios. It's so good to see you in person. So good to see you. I mean, it's right been, across the table. I know. I know. It's been so much Zoom over the last two years, and I feel like the sun is out. We're getting out. It's just been, I don't know about you, but it feels darn good. It does. It's refreshing. Absolutely. And you came to our event at the Manor at the Children's Museum. It was great to see you there as well. And you represent quite a few businesses. So go ahead and list those off real quick. Yeah, so I kind of have squirrel mentality. So so Where Pigs Fly and Such is a full-service floral design business. I mainly do weddings, but I also do large corporate events. I do floral classes, anything floral related. In fact, I'm presenting at the Flower and Patio Show. So um, yeah, so that is my main business, but that supports the Mars Hill Art Center, which is a nonprofit community center my husband and I started a few years ago. And then I also have For the Love of Speedway, which is a brand that kind of started on accident, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of businesses do. Yeah. So um, it started out from my making the flag sets or pennants that you see hanging from everyone's houses during the month of May Mm -hmm. about 10 years ago. And it's grown into a lot of other Speedway related art. And then I also have Do Something Indie that I inherited from my husband. Um, It is an online presence, but mainly a show that we do on Facebook and YouTube where we spotlight people doing good things in Indianapolis. I love it. Yeah. And I love your spirit. I love the joy that is coming across your face when you're talking about all this. You have a twinkle in your eye. You have a huge smile. I mean, you are kind of the epitome of, you know, an Indiana-owned member, right? Our mission, create healthier, stronger communities, more jobs in Indiana. And you do that in so many different ways. One of the things I want to talk about is you said Mars Hill Art Center. There's a lot of people that aren't familiar with that name and kind of what it represents. So tell us yeah. more about that. So I will encourage everyone to look at the NAP Labs map that was done maybe 10, 11 years ago of the city of Indianapolis with all of the neighborhood names on it. And Mars Hill is very prominent, big letters. Thank you to the artist. Just inside 465, the sliver between Kentucky Avenue, Sam Jones Expressway, 465, and Holt Road. So we straddle the townships of Wayne and Decatur, and it's it's a low-income neighborhood. It's a neighborhood that's not seen much attention from the city over the years. It dates back to 1911, actually 1832 originally, but 1911 as an incorporated community into Marion County or Indy. And it, it just needs a lot of TLC. And we ended up there kind of by accident, but my husband and I both believe that God is in all those details. Um, I am a recovering HR executive, and my old corporate job was 12 years in the middle of Mars Hill. Um, And then we decided to do something like this to serve a community, and we came upon this building going up for auction. My husband says, you're never going to believe where this is. Six blocks from my old office. Really? Yeah. 
And so he showed up at the auction, ended up buying the building. And then a couple of years later, it took us about four years to get the art center actually open. And during that time, we just kept feeling like God was saying, no, I want you to do more. I want you to live there too. And we had a lot of people tell us that, that we needed to live in the community that we served. Mm -hmm. So we sold our cool old house in the heart of Speedway, two blocks from Dawson's. Um, (laughs) Wow. Yeah. On 15th Street. Yeah. Right off the main. Yeah. Um, Sold our house in two days, had to finish the basement of this house, basically to have a, a studio apartment to live in while we renovated the house. Mel, that has been four and a half years of living in 400 square feet of a basement, and we just started moving upstairs three weeks ago. And you're still married. And we're still married. We like each other. I mean, that's <laughs> what I tell people. We like each other, so it really was okay. But I don't, I don't think I realized really what it was like until I started to move upstairs. And I was like, I, we really did that that long? I yeah. Can't, I can't believe it. But yeah, but it was so true what people said. We needed to live in the community mm-hmm. that we served in, and it's made all the difference. Well, and you so. had a big history in Speedway. You were there for a long time, very involved in the community right. there. Where did you start Where Pigs Fly and such? Yeah, so um, let me touch on the Speedway thing first. So we moved to, I moved to Indianapolis in 95 for motorsports. My former husband wanted to live the dream and work on a race team. So we picked up and moved from Arkansas to Indy. And my first job was at IMS. So I worked at IMS for almost eight years. And then we ended up getting divorced, and I then found a house in Speedway. So then I lived in Speedway for almost 10 years. And so that's that's kind of the Speedway connection for me. Mm-hmm. It was more than 20 years' worth of experience and the love of the race, the love of the town. It's what moved us here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I ended up with a division of Napa Auto Parts. There was That's where I was an HR executive. And my husband and I knew last husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, we'll have a flow chart on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Follow, follow along. Yes. So we both have just always had a heart for giving back. I have been a volunteer at various nonprofits. I've been on boards and things like that. And it's just part of who I am. And we both are very creative artist type people. And we knew we wanted to do something art related. We also understand how important it is to have arts in communities, whether it's an underserved community or not. And that's just what we wanted to do. And so we were in the process of planning that. I was still in my corporate job, didn't have a clue who was going to run this nonprofit we were talking about starting. We were just going to start one. Mm -hmm. My daughter at the time younger daughter was getting married. I've done floral as a hobby since high school. And so I, we just knew I was going to do her flowers for her wedding. And I thought to myself, wow, okay, so this is creative. This would, could play into the art center. I could teach floral classes. I could maybe even try to start a business and see if it works. And if it does, it'll help support the art center. And so I knew I was going to have all these amazing photos from her wedding, and I just created an Instagram account and a Facebook page and pretended like I had a little business and ended up getting seven weddings that year. Wow. Yeah. Seven weddings. Seven. Her wedding was the end of April. So from May on, I had seven weddings, and then that was in 2018. 2019, I had 18 weddings. 2020, even with a pandemic, I had 22 and then last year, 2021, I had 40. And wow. I, like, I was almost going to kill myself. I'm, yeah. I'm not 
a spring chicken. I'm an old lady. So <laughs> climbing ladders. It's a lot and, of work. Yeah, hauling buckets and all that was kind of hard on my body. So, um, but it has been just the most amazing fun. Where I does the name come from? Oh, you, this podcast only lasts so long, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I have a pig valve in my heart that's flying 24-7. And I found out within two weeks of turning 40 that I had a defective heart valve that I would have to have replaced at some point. And my, I inherited it from my dad. Actually, it's the same thing that killed the actor John Ritter. So mm-hmm. it's a very hereditary thing. So I found out I had that issue. They said it could be five years, it could be 10 before you have to have it replaced. Well, it was in 2007. I was training for the mini and was having some trouble just getting my breathing rhythm down and called my doctor. She said, yeah, let's check you out a little early this year. Went back in. She's like, yep, it's time. So they replaced the heart valve. Within a year of that, uh, realized my then marriage, the racing husband, was mm-hmm. falling apart and I needed to find something outside of my HR day job to keep my mind busy and my hands busy. And I'd always wanted to have a little antique shop too. So I knew I could do an antique booth at Mm -hmm. an antique mall and not have to staff it. So I thought, I'm going to do that. I repurposed old furniture. And I was doing it way back in the day before people started making money doing that. Before it was cool and it's a little side business. Exactly. So so I thought, I'm going to do this. But then I thought, what do I call it? And I kept going back to that saying, oh, like when pigs fly, like that'll never happen. That's always what I thought as, as a person or, a, you know, a creative was like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. And I thought, no, I'm going to flip that saying upside down. And it's where pigs fly, not when, because where implies that it is going to somewhere. So that's where it comes from. And then to get even a little bit deeper Um, I come from a very faithful family, um, really strong Christian family, and our family verse is Romans 8, 28, and we know that God is in all things, right? So for me, the where pigs fly is, it's all about faith. You've just got to do it. You've just got to have faith, and and God's on your side, and he's going to provide, and and it was a huge leap to, to jump from the corporate gig to a nonprofit and, like, wonder where our insurance is going to come from yeah. and are we going am I going to have any money am I going to get a paycheck you know but it's it's all worked out so Lisa you've done so many things your gut is obviously very involved in making <laughs> these moves yeah but what motivates you to keep doing it I mean when you were little were you like oh I'm gonna run a nonprofit and live in 400 square feet with my second husband when I grow up yeah I mean what uh, what, so what did you want to be when you grew up? Let me ask you first that first. of all, my husband's going to laugh when he listens back at this because he's the third husband, not the second. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll touch on that a little bit, too. So my first husband was college husband. Mm-hmm. I got what we call down south my MRS degree. So yeah, I got married go. instead of finishing school the first time. Yep. Um, but I also, as a result of that marriage, that's why I do so much with sheltering wings in Danville, the domestic violence mm-hmm. shelter, and I've been their board chair. And um, so I was able to get out of an abusive situation, and that inspired me to help others, which answers your question. It's all about helping people, and I've always been that way. It's why I'm the one planning my 40th high school reunion from Indiana when it's in Arkansas mm-hmm. and someone there should be doing it, you know? Um, but no, it's all about helping people. And we decided when we did the art center, if, if we can just help one person in that community, then it makes it all worth it. 
So, and we have a few success stories that have already come out of it, which really, they just do my heart so good. Coming up, the challenges and successes Lisa has had along the way and what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Local Matters is brought to you by IndianaOwned.com, where you'll find our members that are business owners who want you to know that they live here, work here, and play here. They're the business owners donating food to shelters, sponsoring the Little League teams, and employing hundreds of thousands of people in our state. Every business on IndianaOwned.com falls into one of two categories. They're either an original, meaning the company is Indiana-owned and operated, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain, or they are a franchise friend, meaning the franchise is Indiana-owned and operated, the owner lives here in Indiana, and is engaged in our community. When you see the Indiana-owned badge, you know you are supporting a local business. And we like to make shopping simple for you as well at our sister company, Indiana.Gifts. Every product you see on there from the coffee mug to the scarf to the candle is made by an Indiana-owned company. Take your picks, send a gift to yourself or send it to a friend, and know that you are supporting local along the way. And we want to thank you for supporting local too. Use the discount code LOVELOCAL at checkout and we'll give you 10% off just to say thank you. We've been chatting with Lisa Schmitz of Where Pigs Fly and Such, Mars Hill Art Center, and more, who went off on her own in 2018. Lisa, what has been the hardest part about being a business owner? The hardest part for sure was in the beginning when I felt the urge to do it. I, well, had, I had felt the urge to do it pretty much my whole life, but just kind of poo-pooed it like, no, I need to have an eight to five job. Um, but then being put into a place where it could become a reality and that fear that almost crippled me. Like, am I going to get paid? Where is my insurance going to come from? My husband and I both have had previous heart issues in our, our health. And so, you know, just the fear of the unknown, um, I would say was the hardest part then. Now, I think as a business owner, you tend to be more 24-7 than you do when you have a 9-to-5 job, even though I was pretty much 24-7 in my corporate gig because I had to be. But knowing when to turn it off because you're the boss. You're the owner. You're the one that has to get new clients or buy more supplies or, um, in our nonprofit's case, serving the community and being there when people need you. Um, so just making sure that I have me time, which I've gotten better about that in the last six months, I had gotten to where I started skipping out on my workout routine and then mm -hmm. the pandemic hit and I was like, I don't care to work out. Everybody's working out in their basement. I don't want to, I've worked out my whole life. So I had to kind of redo a lot of the ways of thinking to realize I need to take care of myself in the process because I'm not going to serve my business well if I don't. Um, from a business side, like, you know, I stink at accounting. I mean, I really do. <laughs> my, my husband's been a business owner for 35 years though. So he's really helped me learn how to manage the financial side of the business. But then also the thing that advice that I would give to people is find other people in your industry that you can be friends with, not competitors with that you can learn from and that you can turn to when you have questions or when you have an idea and you just want to know that it's not crazy, mm -hmm. you know? Well, that's so. where building your own community right. comes in. Yeah. You know, I mean, on this show, you know, we talk about, you know, the greater community as a whole, but, you know, that's one of the things we try to do with Indiana and is bring those like-minded 
business owners together. And so we can talk about those challenges and talk about successes too. I mean, Lisa, with your hand in so many different things, you know, what's the most rewarding part about what you do? Oh goodness. I go back to the people. It's always the people. So the one story that immediately comes to mind, and I think always will, is of our friend Charles. And when we bought our building for the Art Center, this this building had been empty for six or seven years. And they got, I say empty, not occupied by a business. Let's put it that way. Okay. There were people doing drugs in it, selling drugs out of it. The guy that owned it had gone to prison. Before he went to prison, he was buying and selling homes and flipping them. And when he would buy a home that had been abandoned, full of a bunch of junk, he would take all of that junk and then just shove it into this building. So there were piles like 12 feet high of just junk everywhere. So we're in the process of cleaning this building out. And there was a guy who kept riding his little trick bike up and down the alley. We could tell he was strung out. He looked like he hadn't had a shower in two years, talking to himself my husband decided to start talking to him. And he's like, hey, man, you know, if you ever decide you want to get yourself cleaned up, I might have a job for you. So my husband's owned his construction, owned construction company for a long time and always needs workers. And so he just kept talking to Charles. Finally, one day, Charles says, hey, man, I, re- I really want to take you up on that. I really, really do. And so my husband just mentored him for a long time. This has been now, we've owned the building seven years. So it's been almost that long that we've known him. Now, to see him compared to then, he has been clean for two years. He has gotten his life back. He looks the the dude is like decked out every time I see him, like his shoes match his jacket and they match his hat. Yeah. Um, He goes to church with us. He's gotten his steel union worker job back. He has worked on getting his kids back, but now they're 18. And so, you Mm -hmm. know, he's dealing with the whole 18 year old thing. Yeah. But he, it's just a greater span of night and day. I just can't even describe it. And so just that one story, I, I feel like, has been worth being there. And it just started with a conversation. Just a conversation. What else is happening in this building? <laughs> Describe this building for me. I mean, okay, we so keep saying it, the building, but what, is it, what does it look like? Help us picture it. Okay, so it looks like an old-fashioned 50s strip center Main Street building with two doors on the front, limestone, single story. But fun fact about this building is it was the original hardware store in Mars Hill in the 50s. And there were a couple of twin brothers that owned it. My husband actually knows the family. We found this all out just kind of randomly a few years after we had bought the building. And then ironically enough, their grandson is now an artist. And so we've met through some Speedway Arts Council functions and things like that. And I mean, it's just a, a really cool space, but it, it is just a big, wide-open space on one side. We have a meeting room that we host. Goodness. So we rent the space out, um, and we've hosted birthday parties, weddings. Um, we have an addiction recovery group that meets once a month. We have a couple that comes in and teaches taekwondo two nights a week to the kids. We have a Girl Scout troop that meets once a week. And then on the other side, we have the studio space. So we have a pottery studio. We have a huge craft room. I have my office um, where I do my flowers, and sometimes I spread out into the big meeting room <laughs> if, I, if I have a huge wedding. Um, yeah, so the the other side is the the artsy, you know, creative side. So um, 
it it's it's home. Like it, it is our happy place, and it's so cool to see people or to hear people articulate when they come in. They just kind of look around and they're like, "Oh wow, I could just stay here all day," you know. Which is what what my husband and I wanted for our um. We created it the way we like it, just hoping everyone else would like it, mm-hmm. and I I think we did our job. So, is there anything you would do differently now, knowing what you know? Oh, goodness. Yeah. So in the beginning, we hadn't intended to move to the neighborhood. And we bought the building, we started going to some of the neighborhood meetings like Crime Watch and things like that. And people did not trust us. They said to our face, we don't need you. We don't need your money. We don't we don't need you to come in here and save us. And we're like, we're not trying to save anyone. We're just trying to provide something fun for the fr- for the kids and the families and something creative for you guys to do and maybe a space that you can call your own and use for your own parties and your own family gatherings. Um, it took at least three years to get past that mentality. And it wasn't until we bought our house, really. Um, in fact, we had someone say in one of those meetings, you don't know what it's like here. You've never lived here. And I said, well, you know what? We just closed on a house and we're moving six blocks down the street. And she literally looked at me and said, why would you do that? And I said, well, because we really do care. And, you know, we're all humans. We all put our pants on the same way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have to live in Speedway. I can live in Mars Hill. So we did. And what have you seen since? A total change. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, they were like, oh, my goodness. Okay, I guess they are serious. But the other thing is... We have people calling us randomly that we don't even know that'll say, hey, my neighbor said that you might have a a resource for this or that, you know, that you're really helpful people and we don't know where to turn. And, oh, my neighborhood is dumping trash in my backyard. Where, Where do I go? You know, so I would say we probably get at least three calls like that a month. And just being able to direct people has been so nice. So they're they're kind of turning to us as a resource, which is great. Lisa, why does supporting local and being known as Indiana owned matter to you? Oh my goodness. I, I've always lived in support of whatever community that I live in. And by nature, I'm a promoter. So, um, I, but to me, it's just all about supporting the other Indiana locally owned businesses to help them thrive. If I am shopping for a holiday, I'm going to go to a local Indiana business before I go to a big box store any day. Now, I will tell you, my children are the ones that make the lists and say, you have to shop off the list. (laughs) If there is a local store that I can shop that list off of, I will. And sometimes I'll sneak one in and they'll say, no, mom, we told you. (laughs) I'm like, no, you're taking away my gift of giving love, you know. But, yeah, no, I love sharing my love that way for other locally owned businesses by patronizing them. So, Besides IndianaOwned.com, where do we find out more about you and how do we support your businesses? Oh, Mel, it's a long list. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am on Instagram and Facebook. I don't do Twitter, but at Where Pigs Fly and such on Instagram at For the Love of Speedway, at Do Something Indie, and at Mars Hill Arts with an S on the end. And that's it. So all four of those. And like I said, all four are on Facebook too. So yeah. Lisa Schmitz, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters. And thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. Thank you so much. This has been fun. And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana-owned and Indiana.gifts. 
It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana-owned businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about Why Local Matters at indianaowned.com. And if you're an Indiana business owner, join our community at indianaowned.com slash apply. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Owned, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Find local now at indianaowned.com.